Welcome to the Awareness in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Angela McMillan. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land I stand on today, the Ghana people. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Let's have some fun together. I would love to welcome you to our community, the Movement Online Academy. An extraordinary life starts with your own well-being. Hello and welcome to the next episode on Awareness in Motion. And today I have one of my lovely clients, Sarah. How are you today? Welcome. Uh, fabulous. Thanks, Angela. Pleasure to be here. And I, I always am surprised that we can connect from all around the world. So let people know where you are coming in from today. So I am in little old New Zealand at the bottom of the world or the top, depending on your perspective, um, and a little place called Napier um, on the east coast of the North Island. Yeah. And so today I'm going to chat with Sarah on her journey to become a Feldenkrais practitioner. That's why we are here today. So tell me a little bit, Sarah, about where, what was your first experience of the method, the Feldenkrais method? And was that first experience something that you just went, oh, this is exactly what I want to be doing because you're now a practitioner? Or did it take a little bit longer to uh, come come to fruition to attend a training? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting question, actually. So my first experience was really interesting. Somebody had mentioned it to me and I didn't end up doing a workshop. Um, here in Hawke's Bay where I live and it was a, so a weekend workshop so I got quite a full experience but the thing that actually hooked me was watching a video of uh, Ruthie Alon who some of you may know who is um, now sadly passed away but was one of Moshe Feldenkrais's original students and also the founder of Bones for Life but she had these videos I mean this was like she was in her 60s and yeah. I was in my 20s and I was like I want to move like her <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I cannot believe somebody can be, in my opinion, that old um, and move as fluidly and beautifully as she did. And it wasn't like uh, a movement that sort of seemed like impossible, you know, um, mm. an Olympic dancer, say, or, you know, some kind of elite athlete. It just it looked kind of accessible and it looked so beautiful. And I just sort of thought I was, I was a mess. I had a sore back. Um, you know, I was really not comfortable in my own body at the time. And I just thought, wow, maybe there is a future of moving better and feeling better. And so I have to say that is actually that, you know, I want to be her. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, I want what she's having. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of people that say that when they see Ruthie. And, I mean, she kept moving and teaching till almost the day she passed yeah. in her 90s. So, so I guess, um, yeah, she's been an inspiration for many people. And whenever I talk to my clients and and say, you know, this is for our retirement, you know, <laughs> just go watch Ruthie and you'll be inspired. So, and I, yeah. I think, yeah, that that sort of become my philosophy um, is, you know, through this Feldenkrais thing, is that basically getting older can mean getting more awesome. So that, you know, you don't have to have this downward slide to 
kind of decrepitude and that, you know, getting older, I mean, like, you know, it's, there's a lot of challenges that come along the way, but that, you know, um, staying mobile, not just fit, but that everyday mobility, you know, being able to get up and out of a chair, up and down from the floor, in and out of your car, keeping up with your grandkids, gardening, all of that kind of stuff. Um, that is so, so important. And yeah, she definitely still continues to inspire me. To be honest, when I first um, did that weekend workshop, I thought nothing about being a practitioner. I was totally in it for me and helping myself because I had bad back problems. Um, and yeah, I kept going to classes. And then one day, um, I'd never actually even had a one-on-one -on -one session. I couldn't really see the point, to be honest. Uh, but I went to another workshop in Wellington and I was between jobs, I'd been traveling and the person said, oh, you know what, there's a training coming up. And I thought it was just like an ordinary training and, you know, there was a school or something and you just pop along. Didn't realize it was quite yeah. a, you know, rare thing in New Zealand at the time. Um, so, yeah, so I started and I had just enough money for the first training and I did that and, um, yeah, it just totally blew my mind. <laughs> Wow. What um, year was that? When did you start your training? So I started in 2007. Yeah. And yeah, so quite a wee while ago. So um, and yeah, I just I had no idea that I couldn't move very well. Like, I mean, I knew that I was stuck and that I had back problems. And that had been from car accidents and years and years of crappy posture. Mm. Um, but, you know, my eyesight improved, my movement improved, my back, my back had already improved from doing night classes of Feldenkrais, but it kind of, you know, blew me away how much it improved in doing um, the training. And was that, and that the was first one month. Segment, you think? Yeah. That was just the first month, the first month. And yeah. then, you know, I had no idea what I got myself into. Um, and probably not until even most of the way through my training did I actually think that, oh, maybe I want to start to share this with people because mainly people need this stuff. And yeah. I'm of the opinion if I can do it, anyone can do it you know I wasn't uh, yeah. a dancer or you know a sports person um, in fact I was kind of the opposite you know I was sort of the the klutzy kind of one who'd you know walk into everything and not be able to do something and go oh my yeah. goodness you're trying to get me to do what now and so yeah so if I can do it like anyone can do it yeah <laughs> and yeah that awareness is so so important it's interesting you said your eyesight improved do you want to share a little bit about what happened there that's not something you hear very often with uh, Feldenkrais. <laughs> yeah, you can see I still wear glasses, so, you know, it hasn't uh, removed the requirement for glasses completely. But that first month, uh, I realised what a very, very important role that eyesight has in your movement, um, mm. how much tension I had in my face, uh, and, yeah, that your eyes um, direct a lot of your movement, that, you know, often my eyes would be moving in a different direction to where I was trying to go. Yeah. Um, and even just simple things like, you know, having your head a little bit below your pelvis and some of those movements, you know, as an adult, um, we don't do that very often unless, no. say, we take a yoga class or a Feldenkrais class. Um, so, yeah, so that was that was really interesting. And that was not expected. I went to the optometrist and I'm like, my eyes are really funny and I can't figure out why. And he was like, well, they've improved and by about a third. So it was a significant change. Wow. Yeah, wow. and that's not something you hear very often, as I said. Were there, was there anything else surprising um, doing the training? Oh, gosh, so many things, really. Yeah. Did um, you see, no. 
Did your feet grow? Did you have that happen? No, I know I know that my feet are definitely wider, but I was always pretty generous with my shoes and having, you know, reasonable shoes anyway. Um, I'm tall. I think I actually got a little bit taller. Oh. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I think probably the biggest thing was that, you know, you think that you're improving, and you are, and then, you know, something else happens, and then you improve again. And you just realize that that limit to improvement and feeling more relaxed or feeling more awesome is actually limitless. And that's what I love yeah. is that no matter how much I know and how much I've learned that you know about myself, about movement in general, that there's still more to go. And Absolutely. Yes. I, I just I just love that. And I think, you know, I'm a somebody who's deeply curious and loves to learn, but I just love that there's this ongoing sense you know and that if there's anything that I can't do now and there's a lot there's a lot um that I just think it's something that I can't do yet it's something that yeah. if I really want to Love I that. can learn to do it yeah um, so absolutely. For example I've started learning aerial hoop and um you know I really suck and it's like you know having to getting getting back into that beginner's mindset and you know figure out what movement means when you're hanging upside down in the air um you know even just knowing you're left from right can be kind of tricky and you know where you are in space um but you know just that whole thing is that and there's so much of that that i can't do yet but you know that as you go on and learn more you you know you get to do more um you understand more and some of the stuff that you thought was impossible <laughs> lots of that stuff becomes possible absolutely i love that yeah. you're doing aerial hoop that's inspiring me maybe one day i can try it because I, I love it sounds awesome i was gonna say you have a dance background you'd be amazing yeah i've always been interested in the aerial yoga classes as well but um yeah, yeah. it's just funny <laughs> it's it's a really um and to anybody actually it's a really quite unique experience to be suspended and um, also just to actually be able to hang and that was also part of the reason why um, I also bought a playground um, which is oh adult. yes we haven't spoken for about my, that yeah, for, for my for my clients and a lot for me to be fair but this whole idea that we don't as adults play very often mm -hmm. you know that we have to do it in a formal way like go to a class or something like that we don't just go oh look monkey bars and go for a swing whereas any kid sees that and they're gone you know yeah. Um, they're climbing over it and doing stuff and just even that ability to to be able to hang um, and maybe hang upside down if you're able to is um is a really cool feeling so tell I'm, people, sure, I'm sure that's going to improve my eyesight yeah so tell people what size is the playground because you said earlier you're tall so explain the playground to everybody um yeah so it's it's a um a playground that can be sized changed sized for you know many different heights um i've got it at its top <laughs> which is about probably the top top rung of the monkey bars is probably about 2.2 meters or something like that um wow. So I can actually still touch the ground when I'm hanging, which is a little yeah. bit of a shame. I'd actually like to have a little bit more on that, but um, yeah. people who are shorter than I am, um, you know, feel it's quite high. And yeah, but I mean, just that idea that, you know, you can actually spin around and do stuff and not hit your head is um, a good thing. Yeah. How cool. So cool. 
Yeah, so tell us more about what you're actually currently doing. So we've talked about how you came to become a practitioner. What does your practice look like at the moment? Who do you work with and... Yeah, so at the moment, um, I've got a really beautiful studio, home studio here. Um, I live on a little orchard, um, persimmon orchard. So we're just in the midst of our persimmon season at the minute as well. And yeah, so I've got a really beautiful outlook onto lovely looking trees, um, a really big studio for classes and space for one-on-ones as well. And I also do workshops, working on the online side of things. Yes. Um, the, yeah, so basically in terms of who I work with, I would say probably the majority of my clients are women. I do work with men too, but most of them are women who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And, you know, they're, most of them have had some kind of um, either an injury or just some niggles and aches and pains. They can't do something. They feel a bit broken and they just don't really know kind of what to do they want to well they want to keep fit they want to keep active but it hurts and they don't know kind of how to to fix that and they've often tried you know so many different things and then you know we're just like well actually if we have a look at your movement we have a look at you know those movement patterns unlearn some of them relearn some of them then all of a sudden um you know they're like oh exactly that you know I can do the stuff that I didn't think was possible you know and like exactly. a client today just said you know we've only had a uh, two sessions just like yeah I'm sleeping a lot better she goes do you think that's connected yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the other thing I've just started doing is offering uh, what I've called my triple f facial oh yes so that, um, <laughs> basically a fabulous um Feldenkrais fascia facial so just doing quite a lot of stuff, a lot of movement around the face, the head, the neck and the shoulders, um, a lot around mm. the jaw and eyes as well, as I talked about before, you know, quite interested in the eyes. And um, that's been really interesting as well, just so that, um, and another client who gave that the other day, again said, yeah, I slept really well, 10 hours, yeah. she said, you know, I normally sleep five. Awesome. So that's pretty cool, yeah. Maybe I need to reinvent myself as a sleep queen. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> that even though, you know, that's just a, like, and this is the thing I love is that there's often unintended, um, you know, side effects that, uh, mm. you know, positive side effects that people experience that they aren't necessarily expecting. You know, they're like, oh, you know, my neck pain's gone, but I also can sleep better. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the surprises yeah. that happen. I remember someone messaging me, oh, it's easier to brush my teeth. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's the thing. It's just the little everyday things. and But the little things, you know, they are the big things because they add up. They do. They do. Yeah. And especially if you have been moving not so well, less efficient, using a lot of energy, all of those little things will add up to having more energy at the end of the day and yeah. being, like and being able to rest, have a restful sleep. So just amazing. Exactly. And yeah. we were talking about that in my class today, actually about, you know, the, the difference between um, efficiency and, you know, perceived laziness. And I sort of said, you know, that when we think that we're resting, you know, we often mm. think that it's lazy or, you know, if we're not kind of giving something, you know, sort of 200% effort, then we're not we're not doing enough you know it's not yeah. enough um and that yeah so stopping is lazy and i'm like well no if we can slow down 
if we can take it easy, you know, if we can be more efficient, then, you know, you're still doing everything that you need to do, but you still have some energy left at the end of the day. Um, exactly. You know, or you have energy to do the other things or you have energy to do more of what you love rather than having to expend all of your energy just kind of, you know, getting through your day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I really believe that Feldenkrais is a, a perfect place right now for what we've all been through in the last two years. Do you want to speak a little bit about that and how you believe it could actually help people navigate through these challenges that we've all faced with, especially being stuck at home, lockdowns, the mental health, the, you know, sitting at the computer, sitting on the lounge because we're Netflix and chilling all the time. Yeah. How do you think um, Feldenkrais can fit into helping the community? I think that's really huge because I think one of the key things we do, yes, we talk about movement and so the name of my business is Movement Works. But, you know, that's only the, the vehicle or the, the thing that we use. And the thing that we really teach is awareness or how to tune into yourself. And, you know, when everything hits the fan and there's stuff way outside our control, um, you know, we're working in a different environment. You know, we're living through a pandemic where, you know, there's so many different changes. And mm -hmm. the one thing that I think that we do have control over or can tune into is like how we're feeling about that. Um, yeah. You know, where we're holding tension, perhaps, um, you know, maybe doing some movements or doing something to relieve that. I think a lot of the breathing work that we do has been yeah. hugely beneficial because, of course, everyone knows that breathing is one of those, you know, hacks that we can actually get into our system. We can bring our system down, downregulate that, yeah. um, and just kind of bring ourselves more into that homeostasis. And I think that, yeah, Feldenkrais has been amazing for that um yeah and also yeah, that ability so you said tuning into yourself but also that ability to shift your attention to different things and yeah. focus on different things because again when everything kind of blows up and you know stress has been to show basically the front of your your brain you know, your prefrontal cortex doesn't work the same way when you're really stressed mm -hmm. or when there's lots of other stuff going on um, and so that really divides your attention on different things. And I think having a, a method and a way to be able to direct your attention, which to me is way easier than um, meditation because it's through movement and movement's just so accessible, right? I personally find I, I do meditate sporadically, but I find it really um, hard to concentrate and my mind yeah. will wander like everywhere. But if I do Feldenkrais, I can be very focused on myself, my movement, my breathing, and my mind doesn't wander, so I can move my focus more easily. Um, so I think it's more it's more accessible that you use the movement to help your mind rather than the mind to help your movement. Although yeah. of course it's a two-way street. Um, so yeah, so I think that I think that's been really helpful. And a lot of the people who I've talked to who have done classes online. Um, have also really commented, one, about the community that that creates, um, but also, yeah, just what it's done for them, been able to sleep, um, been able to, you know, get through their day, being more comfortable in, you know, sitting in a, in a different chair, um, you know, from their home desk or if they're in their, you know, bedroom or the garage or something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You brought out some great points there. Um, and that's why I thought it was fabulous when, 
when the pandemic hit, so many of us practitioners did bring our business online. We mm -hmm. offered, a lot of people offered free or discounted classes because we know how, how important it was and how we could help people through that time. And it's continued, which is fantastic. And that's one reason why you're joining my embodiment business network. You've been working on building an online business as well. Did you want to share with people what you've got to offer online in case people want to come and check yep. it out? So at the moment, I hold a regular in-person live class that I teach um, via Zoom, uh, New Zealand Tuesday mornings at 9.30 a.m. And I also have like a little freebie offer, which is um, a sitting. So I know that we all sit, so Netflix and chill, we're working at home, we sit in our cars, we sit down to eat usually. So there's, most people I would say have a lot of sitting in their day, particularly if you're an office worker. Um, mm. And I also had a corporate background, so I also know the pains of sitting on your butt for a really long time. And, um, you know, then added in with all the stress that comes with a normal job, plus, you know, pandemic, everything else. Um, and I think that there is a way to sit healthily because, you know, sitting has become, you know, the new smoking and everyone says, oh, you know, don't sit, don't sit. Everyone's gone standing desks, which um, uh, may be helpful for some people, but can also come with a whole host of their own problems. Mm -hmm. If you're Absolutely. not feeling good, a lot of people find it harder to stand, right, than it is to sit for a while. Um, and certainly a hybrid desk might be helpful. But, you know, on the fact of the matter is that a huge amount of us still will be sitting a lot. And it's like how we can do that um, exactly. and still, you know, maintain um, our focus, <laughs> our productivity yeah. while we're actually at the computer, that we can actually, you know, get up from our chair and not sort of go, ooh, ah, ooh, 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 yes. I hit, ooh, oh, man, my neck, my shoulder, you know, quick, ring my Feldenkrais practitioner. Uh, that so that you know there's a little freebie off there just for some really easy tips um, to um, be easily healthy right. there and that has been worked and developed into an online course um, nice. available yeah. soon yep awesome. def definitely by the end of this year hopefully sooner than that and I've also got working on a um, program for hips as well because that is just something that nearly every single one of my clients goes oh yeah I've got tight hips you know, I can't do X, I can't walk, I can't, you know, do this particular yoga pose. So it goes on. So yeah, so some of that is work in progress, but the freebie offer is live and available. Nice. Well, I'll, I'll see you the link. <laughs> below so people can grab that. Sounds really something everybody needs. If you're sitting, which I don't know anyone that's not sitting. <laughs> so grab yeah. the freebie. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And excited to hear about the course in the future. Let's uh, get that happening sooner rather than later so that less people will be in, uh, paying with your online offers. So um, where can people find you, Sarah? So I say my physical studio is here in Napier and online. Um, my website is um, movementworks.co.nz. And you'll find all the details about me and uh, what I've got available there. Yeah. And also, you can I'm also find me on Facebook, Movement Works NZ. Great. Great. And I'll link everything below so people can find you. So, Sarah is in one of my coaching clients in the business um, embodiment business network and part of the Movement Online Academy 
where we, she's part of the team where we share videos, articles, blog posts. Um, what else do we do in there? We run live workshops, lessons. Heaps of classes and just lots yeah. of movement tips and movement goodness. So I think for anyone who's interested in their mobility, their movement posture, and just, yeah, how to basically age better and feel a little bit more awesome. Um, it's all there in the academy. And the cool thing is, is that you get to interact with the teachers, but you also get to interact with other people who are maybe in your area or, um, you know, around diff different places around the world who are interested in the same kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a really cool network. I love it. Yeah. Great, uh, great plug there for the academy. <laughs> yeah, it is just like a, um, it is like a social media, but less distracting because we're all there for the one reason to discover more about ourselves and somatics and how we can improve our movement and our life via the via movement. So, um, and you can interact in there and less distracting because there's no ads. <laughs> it's just all of us and, and yeah. great content. So I'll link below to join there. Is there anything you would like to say to finish up, Sarah? Um, I always kind of like to finish with my um, favourite Moshe Feldenkrais quote. So um, for those who don't know, Moshe Feldenkrais is the founder of the method. Hopefully you've listened to enough to know that by now. But um, anyway, the favourite quote of his that I have is, um, first the impossible becomes possible, the possible easy and the easy elegant. And I think that, you know, for so long, I was stuck in the impossible, you know, that basically I was like, you know, back pain is for life, or this is this is the way it is, and this is my story, and I can't change it. Um, and then to discover that actually change is possible, um, that actually, yeah, I didn't have to stay stuck in back pain, and neither do you. <laughs> and that there is, yeah, so many different possibilities out there. Um, and then, you know, that actually some of the stuff that you sort of thought, man, I'll never be able to do that. You know, there's something mm. you're just like, that's for young people. Well, that's for, that's for people who can touch their toes or that's for people who, whatever, you know, I'm too old, um, you know, I'm too tall, I'm too inflexible, I'm too fat, I'm too whatever, insert excuse here. You know, we usually just say that's impossible, we give up. And then yeah. say, just even go to the possible, you know, even to know that there's a possibility and then to be shown that it can actually be easy. And then, you know, some of us have to work a bit harder at the elegant, but that it is also possible. Um, yeah. And I just I just love that because, you know, we often feel like something is set in stone and forever, and it really is not. That, you know, the science is there that basically our bodies and our brains have this massive capacity for change, um, yeah. and it's never too late. It is never too late. Mm. And it's a continual journey once you dive into this work, as we've found that there's there's always room to improve and learn something new about yourself. And I often think, but aren't we meant to know everything as adults at this age? But no. <laughs> well, I say that to my clients all the time. I'm just like, you know, this is my job. You know, you'd think I'd know myself by now. You'd think that I'd know most of the things that, uh, there are to know about me and I continually surprise myself that you know I'm like going how did I not know that you know like oh and even different parts of myself that suddenly come into my awareness and my movement and it's like wow or you know you deepen the awareness or that you discover that you can do something that really 
you never thought that you could do. Um, mm. So yeah, as I say, it's never too late, and that, that ongoing journey is um, always always interesting. <laughs> Maybe a little challenging so along the way sometimes, but yeah, fantastic and uh, definitely worth the investment. Yeah, absolutely. It, investing in yourself is definitely worth the investment. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I really look forward to seeing you soon in our coaching calls. And, and please reach out to Sarah if you're interested to hear more and um, let us know what you thought about this podcast. If you're in the community, love to hear your comments. And if you have any questions for Sarah, you can actually come into the Movement Online Academy and tag her and ask her anything. So if you put the at sign and start typing Sarah, her name will pop up and then she'll be able to answer your questions. So yep. yeah, and I, love, I love questions. It's good, you know, that being curious and, you know, people always apologize. I don't feel scared to ask a question. I love questions. So even the ones that I don't know how to answer. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think and go away and uh, yeah, find things out as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And we will see you hopefully in the community. Bye. Yeah.